Hi, everybody. This is Jimmy G. Hi, everybody. This is Sean C. I guess. You might remember us from the Pie Factory podcast. Then again, you might not. And whenever we're not recording the Pie Factory podcast, we're li- what, what, listening. What's the matter? What's going on? <laughs> what's the <laughs> Wow. Gesundheit. Oh, the SNES podcast. What do you think? Better, uh, I think you better go wipe. Not that kind of podcast. Oh, well. Hi, Greg. Welcome to Super NES Podcast, episode number 101 for your listening pleasure. We are over the draft hump, and we're coming at you with another, hopefully another 100 episodes, God willing, so... Um, oh, no. <laughs> uh, my co-host George is already balking like that thought. <laughs> Hi, I'm made out of clay. <laughs> and I'm fighting people. Yes. Uh, and we're covering... Yes, we're calling... I guess like we're calling Audible on the announced game for this for like this podcast. That's coming up in the next episode. Uh, we're covering we're covering a game requested requested of us this time. Uh, Clay Fighter requested by a special uh, friend of the like friend of the show and a fellow podcaster who I'm friending on the podcast since the podcast started years ago. Actually, as a matter of fact, so uh, this time actually the actually the stars the stars the stars aligned correctly and. We're very pleased to have uh, the host of the Jaguar Game by Game podcast, the one and the only Shinto on the podcast with us. And how are you doing tonight, Shinto? I'm doing well, guys. How are you? Doing, uh, doing well. Thanks. Uh, like, um, uh, it's definitely like a pleasure to have you here. Um, you know, like I've definitely have been. Uh, you were an inspiration for me in getting this podcast started. Like I started originally with your with your with your, your conscious emissions deferred and whatnot back then. So, um, and doing a great job of your own podcast. Well, thank you very much. So, uh, uh, Shinto sent in, so Shinto sent in a submission to me uh, about a couple of years ago, which I will ask George to also stick on this podcast as well. Uh, Shinto very kindly did a recording for me talking about his history, uh, his history, the history, his history, history of the Super NES, and whatnot. Uh, just real quick, if I remember correctly, Shinto, like you kind of came the system uh, secondhand after the system had already been out for several years. So. No, no, we, we bought it new with Babbage's. It was the core oh, okay. unit for a hundred dollars with yeah. the controller. Oh yeah. Um, okay, I apologize. When I when I said several years after the fact, uh, you've been at the system. Uh, I was trying to I was trying to refer to the fact that you got the system a few years after Flare had already been released, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. For a couple of years now, I've been submitting audio segments to shows like the Atari 2600 Game by Game podcast, the Atari 5200 Super podcast, the Atari 7800 Game by Game podcast, 
the Atari Lynx Game by Game podcast, and maybe soon the Atari XEGS Cart by Cart podcast. I also have a show of my own, the Atari Jaguar Game by Game podcast. You might be thinking, whoa, this guy is some sort of weird diehard Atari fan. And that's just, well, that's certainly true, but it doesn't really tell the whole story. While I have certainly leaned heavily, very heavily, toward Atari systems growing up, that didn't mean that I shunned the other platforms. Owning an Atari 7800 in the days the Nintendo Entertainment System ruled the land, I, I of course had a certain fascination with the NES. The games were, were so different, Metroid and Mario and the like, uh, from the arcade-style games that I played on the 7800. But this fascination never turned into an actual purchase of the console. I played the Nintendo at friends' houses, but stayed with the Atari at home. When the Super Nintendo came out, I had already been enjoying 16-bit gaming on my Atari Lynx, but... Uh, that outsider fascination didn't wane at all. I remember looking at SNES systems at pawn shops. Uh, I used to go to pawn shops quite a bit in those days, looking for good deals on electronics. I would see an SNES behind the counter plugged into a TV playing Super Mario World, and it, it looked great. I liked the purple accents of the console. They were, they were different and distinctive. Uh, but still, that didn't translate into an actual purchase of the console. It remained there behind the counter. Eventually, though, the Super Nintendo did win us over, my brother and I, and we walked into Babbage's and bought the $99 core unit, which came with uh, just the console and a controller. We bought a second controller, the cheapest one they had, which was this cheap quick-shot gamepad. It was uh, two shades of gray with colored fire buttons, and uh, start and select were on this painful rocker in the middle. It was far inferior to the stock SNES controller, um, and as soon as I could afford it, I bought an ASCII pad with individual rapid-fire switches for each button, but that was at least a year later. In fact, I'd, I'd forgotten about that cheap little quick-shot controller until just recently when I was flipping through an old Electronic Gaming Monthly magazine researching a tangent for my show. We bought a couple games that day as well. Uh, you know, a core unit isn't much fun by itself, but I don't remember exactly which titles. If I were to guess, I would say it was Super Double Dragon and Bill Lane Beer's Combat Basketball. They can't all be winners. But in defense of Bill Lane Beer, my brother was slash is a huge basketball fan, and that was the cheapest basketball game they had there at Babbage's that day. We played it, you know, bought this new advanced video game console, and played Bill Lane Beer's Combat Basketball. Double Dragon we had played in the arcade and on our Atari 7800, so Super Double Dragon, we had a lot of fun with that one. It rates a, uh, what, uh, D- minus on the video game critic, but uh, it was a good time. Enjoyed that one. Eventually, we moved on to other better games like Super Smash TV and NCAA Basketball and Alien 3. I'd borrow Street Fighter 2 and uh, Super Star Wars from my best friend. We pre-ordered Mortal Kombat for $70, which was crazy expensive for one game. But I still really like that port, sweaty as it is. The sequel, Mortal Kombat 2, was the central point for many strangely unsuccessful studying sessions at a friend's house during our first semester of college. And without the pretense of studying, we played Mario Kart at another friend's apartment quite a bit. My brother was big into Killer Instinct for a while. Um, a lot of popular games for the system, though, I've never played. Uh, Super Mario World, Donkey Kong Country, Contra 3, Super Castlevania 4, Star Fox. I moved on to the Jaguar, and my brother let his best friend borrow our Super Nintendo. Well, his best friend's little brother, I think it was. He had it for a couple years, and when we got it back after repeated requests, it was very much like how it was when we bought it that day at Babbage's. 
just the console, no games. We had at least a dozen games, perhaps more, but this kid had pawned them all, apparently. At least I still had my ASCII pad, but it wasn't in that great of shape. The the switches tended to stick, and it was it randomly got stuck in slow motion mode. It's pretty much in the same condition now. I went out to use video game stores to try to rebuy the games I had lost. I skipped over Bill Lamebeer, but rebought Super R-Type and Mortal Kombat and Clay Fighter. I bought a fairly decent knockoff of the original controller to replace that glitchy ASCII pad. The brand is um, Myico, M-Y-I-I-C-C-O. It was new in the box and cheap, so that's what I went with, and it, it's not bad. My Super Nintendo had developed an unhealthy yellowish cast, which was slightly nauseating to look at, so I traded it in last year plus a few of my games to a used video game store for a properly colored system. I'm superficial that way, I guess. I have about a half dozen games now. Uh, Super R-Type is the only one that I own now and also owned back then, back in the Ferg. Um, I, I have but haven't really played Super Metroid and Zelda Link to the Past. Super Mario All-Stars and Lion King are good to play with, with the kids. But I do have fond memories playing Pilot Wings and Street Fighter 2 at my friend's house, teaming up with my brother for Super Smash TV. I used a clip from Mortal Kombat in a high school video production I made, which uh, coincidentally ties into why I use the name Shinto, but that's a whole other story. You've probably noticed that I say Super Nintendo or SNES rather than pronouncing the acronym SNES. It just doesn't sound right to me. I have a long history of dragging my feet when it comes to pronouncing acronyms. For a long time, I would say SCSI instead of SCSI, or GUI instead of GUI, mostly because they sounded silly. But I changed my mind on those when I was young and pliable way back in high school. Now I'm old and crotchety, and I'm going to stick with SNES or Super Nintendo. I can deal with the extra syllables. They don't cost much. Well, that's my Super Nintendo story, SNES in a nutshell. Um... I'll always be an Atari fan, first and foremost, but it's ridiculous to exclude other platforms out of some myopic devotion to a particular brand. I would have missed out on a lot of fun memories with my Super Nintendo if I wore Atari blinders all the time. And, and even with widely criticized consoles, there's a lot to like. The Virtual Boy, for example. I only have four games for my Virtual Boy, but it's a fun and interesting system. The Atari Jaguar is another example, the target of much scorn, but a unique and enjoyable console in its own right. The Mattel Hyperscan. Okay, you got me there. The only good thing I can say about the Hyperscan is that I bought it cheap on clearance and held on to it just long enough to be worth a couple bucks at my local used video game store, so um, I only ended up losing about $8 on the deal. Well, thank you for listening to my little story, and uh, thank you, Soul Blazer, for all the support you've given me for my show. Retro video game podcasters, I've found, they tend to be a great bunch of people. Um... So, yeah, uh, Clay Fighter, what's your history of this game, man? Why'd you, like, uh, make us play it? <laughs> well, my brother and I, we had kind of an atypical collection of Super Nintendo games. All of the top games that might come to mind when you think Super Nintendo, we had none of those. Uh, a few days ago, I actually thumbed through IGN's list of the top 100 SNES games, and we owned, like, three out of that <laughs> list. The highest one was number 25, <laughs> Mortal Kombat 2. And I believe that was the last new game I bought for the SNES because I was, you know, well into the Atari Jaguar at the time. So it would have been the games we had before that where I would feel any nostalgic connection. And the story behind Clay Fighter is that we got it for Christmas 1993. Quite unexpectedly, we didn't expect to get a Super Nintendo game. Um, I think that's 
the only one our mom bought for us because it was essentially a non-violence game. Sure, you're still mm. punching and kicking and launching things at opponents, but there's no blood. They're all made out of clay. Um, hit them, smash them, they don't care, right? It's right there in the theme song. Oh, and a, a funny thing about the theme song. It doesn't really kick in until after you, after you let the, the title screen sit for a little while. And the first time we did that was after we had been playing the game for a few hours, Christmas Day, probably that afternoon. We took a break and left it at the title screen, hearing the and hearing the, the speech and the singing. This was unreal. We had never heard a video game with lyrics in the theme song before. Hmm. So my mom heard that. She heard the theme song with the singing and she said, wow, video games sure have come a long way since that duck game. And I'm like, well, a little offended because Adventure on the 2600, which is, of course, what she was talking about, is still in this 16-bit age was one of my favorite games. But I didn't say anything, you know, Christmas spirit and all. So jumping ahead a few years, all of our Super Nintendo games were gone. I had mentioned this in the audio submission I sent in. Was it the Pilot Wings episode? Yes. So all of our games were gone. We still had the console and the controllers, but my brother had lent the whole thing to his friend, and somewhere in the mix the games were lost or sold or pawned off or something, which sucked. So I had the console, and uh, I wanted to rebuild the collection somewhat, and this included Clay Fighter. I had gotten Tournament Edition, though, at a used game store. That was all they had there. And it wasn't quite the same, uh, which I'm sure we'll get into later. So... Uh, you're, you're not going to find Clay Fighter at the top of anyone's list, unless it's like a list of shameless Street Fighter 2 derivatives, but the nostalgia connection with this one is strong, so that's why I wanted to cover it on the show. And, and besides, you guys already did Super Smash TV. <laughs> yes, that's a great game. Uh, that's actually a pretty good segue, because like you know, I was going to ask you, uh, since we just asked you, uh, um, 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 kind of an icebreaker for the episode, since we just... Uh, since we just uh, since we just since we since we just finished our draft episode, uh, if you had been able to make that, uh, you know, I was curious to hear what your what your favorite games of uh, the system were. And so, like, you, and you already mentioned two, uh, like two, this game and uh, and Smash TV. Uh, do you have so? Do you have two other games that you really like love in the system? They don't need to be like great games. They just need to be the games that you have like uh, uh, like affection, like and funness for. Well, I, I really liked playing Super Double Dragon uh, along with Smash TV. It was a great co-op game. Mm. And um, the original Mortal Kombat, uh, I really liked that one. It may not have had the blood and fatalities of the arcade, but it looks and sounds and plays far better than the Genesis version, in my opinion. And totally uh, we agree. played a whole yeah. lot of yeah. uh, of Mortal Kombat. And also, um, I, I would say Alien 3 was a favorite. Uh, it has its share of problems, but the animation is amazing, and it has almost nothing to do with the movie, which is a plus. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, that was okay for a movie. Just that it was certainly it was certainly better than the train wreck that followed it. So, but the, the, the less said about that, the better. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I never played this game before. Uh, I don't think George, you never had never played it before either. Uh, no. Okay, right. But um, neither one of us are really huge fighting like fighting game fans. I, I, I mean, like, you know, I like them of course because I grew up during the whole uh, my time in the arcades was during the whole Street, Street Fighter slash Mortal Kombat. Uh, craze going on, so I played them some, and I was okay with them. But they, but you know, they've, they never were my go-to uh, genre of games. So I, I knew about this game, I, like I knew it existed, but I really hadn't had any, like, had any, like, had any history with it. And um, 
It's curious that you mentioned uh, one of the uh, that, that you mentioned Shinto were already one of the main selling points that the interplay the publisher of this game made uh, uh, made the game, the game came out. They were trying to they were trying to hype off the Mortal Kombat popularity by saying, "Yeah, this is a fighting game that you, uh, a fighting game parents to parents that you can buy for your kids that's like Mortal Kombat but it doesn't have that nasty blood on it." Uh, that was a uh, you know, that was a key part of their marketing campaign back then for the... You're telling me blood is nasty? Well, Interplay didn't use that word <laughs> per se, but that was the, but that was the gist of their, uh, advertising, the advertising for the game, yes. Blood uh, is a no-no. Uh, well, we have to remember in these days, Nintendo was still doing a whole bunch of censoring on the system, so, um... Yeah. It wasn't really until a few years later that they started, uh, uh, softening away of, like, an attitude. Anyway, uh, let's, let's go... Um, uh, let's set things up with, like, some stats. Uh, this game came out for the Super NES, uh, in North America and, and in North American power regions. It never got released in Japan, like, for, as far as I can tell. Um, came out in 1993 over here, 1994 in Europe. Um, the tournament edition, uh, followed, like, followed a few months later, also, like, in mid-1994. Uh, the, the, the game was actually developed by two different companies, uh, Visual Concepts, and da- uh, concepts and Danger Productions. Uh, Visual Concepts actually handled most of the engine work of the game, whereas Danger Productions was the, was the, was the company that was hired to do all the uh, animation work that the game features. Um, publisher was Interplay, as I already mentioned earlier. There was also Genesis, there was also Genesis, Genesis version of this game, uh, which I looked at briefly, and that game is... It's, it's, uh, it's typical of the Super NES versus Genesis differences of games uh, of this time period. Genesis version is a little, little bit faster, a little bit smoother, like the contra- smoother as far as the as far as the uh, the gameplay goes. But it, um, but the six buttons or uh, six buttons versus three buttons is definitely an advantage because the Genesis controller you have to do the special you have to do the um, uh, half your half your fighting moves are signed by doing a uh, either uh, up uh, uh, keypad combinations. I'm not using. I'm not using a six-button uh, Genesis Genesis controller. Which I don't know if that was out at this time. I, I didn't. I don't have the knowledge of Genesis that I do with the Super NES, unfortunately. So, um, but curiously enough, it was a Genesis version of this game that was available on the Virtual Console, and not the Super NES. Go figure. That's weird. Yeah, I don't know what's up with that licensing uh, licensing pro- problems, perhaps because a different company handled uh, I don't know. a different company handled a different company handled they had the handled the Genesis version of this game. Um, what about the companies? That, yeah, so a little bit about the companies involved. Visual Concepts was a pretty uh, um uh like uh like was a pretty like a pretty a uh, major um a developer a developer this time period. Uh, that was a uh, that was you know that was quite. Uh, you handle that. Uh, I handle If you handle a lot of uh, porting and game developers for systems uh, across the nineties, uh, a lot of systems that they, a lot of systems, systems that they did games for, uh, ranging all the way from the Apple, DOS, NES, Game Boy, PlayStation, uh, PS2, Xbox, so on and so on. Uh, they eventually got bought out by Take Two Interactive after Sega uh, uh, sold them, and they, uh, that's where they are today. Uh, and as I said before, the company that handled the that the actual the actual claymation Danger Productions had a history of working in Hollywood and also uh, show show uh, show uh, show work of doing the actual clay work of those game features. Um, Interplay was one of, Interplay was my favorite company as a kid uh, because Interplay was primarily a, a PC gaming company during the eighties and nineties, and, and and they published some really like they made like they made a great like they like they made like they made and published some great games under their watch. 
Uh, Shinto, I, I know that you played PC games some too. I'm not sure if you have. Uh, I'm not sure if you had any familiarity of Interplay games like I did, but they, uh, but the, but the games that they uh, did under their watch was really a who's who of some of the best games ever made. The Fallout series, a lot of the D and D stuff, Baldur's Gates, Icewind Dale, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, uh, Descent was published by them, uh, and also like you know numerous other games. Uh, during this time period, however, Interplay was starting to run into financial difficulties. And Brian Fargo, the company, the company founder and CEO, was trying to push the company more into like more in the direction of consoles. And this game was one of several games that they were trying to come out with during this time period to try to, you know, to, to try to help resist, resist, resist the company over. Spoiler: It didn't work all that well. Uh, Interplay eventually did end up, eventually did end up like going bankrupt. And there's no business today, technically, but they're just to shell themselves. Uh, they don't actually publish or develop anything anymore. They simply let. Uh, they just simply like you know manage to manage the rights of it, license license stuff out, and that kind of things. So, so uh, sad to say, another another great good, another like great company like went down the tubes. But um, this whole game is a parody, pretty much as you probably can tell right away of the whole of the, the, like the whole like uh, fighting uh, fighting genre that was going on at, at, at this time period. And Interplay was trying to do something different to break into a very crowded market because there were a lot of fighting games. Available available for the consoles during this time period. Uh, so the like so basically, uh, like they basically just told a visual design just to go crazy with the idea, and they came up with the idea of doing something very unique, like the claymation. And the claymation was a very involved process where the company actually uh, hired artists, did design work, sculpted up the uh, just sculpted up the fighters like an actual clay. Uh, used stop motion animation, uh, filmed it, recorded it, digitized it, and put it in the game. Uh, pretty groundbreaking work for 1993. Uh, it really, uh, there, uh, there, uh, there have been some of this done in computers at the time period, but this is the first game I'm aware of that actually did this on consoles. Uh, especially the Super NES, so, uh, visually this game was very striking when it came out because of its, uh, uh because of its, because of its Clay Fighter, uh, uh, appearance. This was actually the second, uh, Clay-themed game that Interplay came out with about this time period. Have any one of you ever heard, ever heard of a played a platformer game called Claymates? I did. I saw that while researching visual concepts. Yeah. And the thing I love about this game is the box says that it has blaze processing. Of course, <laughs> a play on the blast processing non-feature of the Sega Genesis. And right. I watched I watched a little of the Claymates gameplay footage on YouTube, and it does move pretty fast, at least sonic speed. Yes. Uh, yeah, very impressive like the Super NES. Because we know the Super NES had a slower processor than Genesis. Uh, so many times, like many times, the games just play a little bit slower on the system versus this their uh, Genesis counterparts. Um, yeah, it looks pretty interesting. Probably have to cover that game at some point in the future. I'm sorry, George. Um, <laughs> How dare you? Uh, George is not very a platformer fan. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, yeah, this whole game's tongue in cheek. I mean, like you know, the the, the manual the manual's filled of like you know like uh, uh, barbs and like you know like. Double, uh, double meanings, that kind of stuff, um, and they kept that going in the franchise as well. Also, yes, uh, yes, George, did you actually know this was a franchise? <laughs> uh, yeah, the game did popular enough to actually spawn several, like several sequels. Um, Shinto, I don't know if you played any of these games. I haven't. Uh, there was the besides the besides the souped up tournament edition that you already mentioned, which we'll cover here in a little bit. There was a there was there was a direct sequel. There was a direct sequel in the Super NES that called Clay. So uh, just simply call it Clay Fighter 2, uh, which was which I looked at briefly. It kind of looks like more of the same, just like some better options, like some more characters and that kind of stuff. 
No, I have not seen one that one. Wasn't it subtitled something like C2 Judgment Clay? Yes. I seem to remember seeing that in Electronic yes, Gaming Monthly. That's a great no, name. Really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, no. I've never checked out that game. Uh, then there was the N64 uh, um, uh, game of this. Also, uh, uh, the game title also, uh, like also, uh, also, also direct tongue in cheek to something else. It's called 63 and a third. Uh, <laughs> yeah, which was the blockbuster rent, uh, rental only type game. Yes. Um, yep. You couldn't buy it. Well, at the, um, that was actually I think that was, I, I think that was actually sculptor's sculptor's cut. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Uh, was it? Yeah, the C, Yeah, uh, the follow-up sculptor's cut, which uh, which is which is that which is that game's version of the tournament edition. Well, uh, was the was the rental only game. The regular game got a retail release. Yeah, but it wasn't that good, right? Uh, no. Compared to this game, it did mm. not sell very well at all. Um, and. Yeah. Uh, there was there was in the works uh, for a while uh, another game uh, which was to be on the which was supposed to be on the Wii called and again they're getting very punny with names uh, Clay Fighter uh, Call Putty uh, but that game never came really? out really yeah oh okay it never came out that's why yeah yeah it was, hmm. yeah 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 like I said developed for the Wii for several years like I said interplay was really having severe financial difficulties by the way uh, uh, I yeah I did. Difficulties by this point, uh, so I suspect yeah. that's the main reason, like why that uh, never came out. Um, so yeah, there were like so if you count the tournament editions, there was technically five games in the franchise. So that's enough for a franchise. Uh, counts in my book. <laughs> I mean, technically, I guess you can kind of get away with it, even if it's like two or whatever. Ah, uh, I would probably say three. I would say three or yeah. more. Yeah. yeah. Shinto, like, what do you think? <laughs> I'm thinking of Half-Life. It had two official games, but it's still considered a uh, a series because a more, yeah. there were Techni- some a- add-ons and technically stuff. Technically so. four official games, but... Four? Yeah. Half-Life, yeah, Half-Life 2, Half-Life 2, Episode 1, Episode 2. Oh, yes. yeah, okay, yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I forgot they did that crap. <laughs> wow, hot takes. <laughs> it's all crap. It's all crap. Uh, um, yeah, so... Uh, um, uh, yeah, so, uh, the, uh, the game itself is pretty typical of a time period, uh, like, you know, fighting game, um, it, um, it, it, Of when Clay was popular. Yeah, well, Clay was never, Clay was never, like, very popular, but... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought you remember what, I thought you remember, like, watching the, like, watching the Gumby cartoons as a kid. Shinto, like, do you remember, like, watching oh, those? Oh, jeez, Gumby. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, even better, the Saturday Night Live versions with Eddie Murphy as Gumby. Oh, I forgot about those, yeah. <laughs> okay, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> oh, it's good stuff, you gotta check it out. Yeah. Oh, man, now I do. <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah. Um, the game only features eight, right, the, the, the game only, the game only features eight, yeah, the, the eight play characters, the, 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 the uh, uh, a play of characters. Characters. I, I say only because a lot of the other, a lot of the other fighting games of this time period were offering a few more characters than that, at least. Um, so there was like it's hard like, to be creative. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think also probably because that the uh, the the, uh, the the clay animation took up a lot of memory space on the card. It's quite big by Super NES standards. So I think between the combination of that and also the music and, and the music and the vocals that Shinto already alluded to being here, they probably didn't have the space for a whole ton of characters. So like, well, yeah, eight's fine, but uh, they did address that tournament, flight tournament edition that has some like that has some additional fighters in it. Um, so yeah, the game itself is a pretty typical, with a few exceptions, uh, fighting game. 
uh, where you can have either like a typical one-on-one -on -one mode. You can also have a, a two-player mode. Um, um, uh, 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 it's a match system. Uh, and there's also some versus options where you can set the difficulty, uh, the game speed, things of that nature. Um, so this... Can I set it so that my the person that I'm playing against doesn't use the same attack <laughs> every time? Can I set that? Can I disable buttons on the second controller? We're going to get into that because... Uh, mm. <laughs> uh, George and I, George and I uh, used a new program. What's the program called, uh, um, uh, George, uh, that we used to... Uh, we used Parsec, Parsec to yes, play yeah. an emulator together. Yeah, basically George was just basically just sharing his desktop with me. So like he I was able so we did all the hosting of the hosting and running on his end and I was just like playing directly with him that way. It works very well. Um you know uh, yes it does, which is amazing. This is not paid advertising, we just like it. <laughs> um not sure they have money to do that. They obviously have some but money. If they but... <laughs> do wink wink nudge nudge. <laughs> Um, yeah, so yeah, so um, uh, George and I are playing the game a little bit, like a little bit for before the podcast, to have some, uh, so we can directly have some, have some directly direct two player uh, co op experience to be able to. Um, not really co op. Okay, yeah, certainly sorry, not co op. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, competitive. Word. So, um, so yeah, uh, there's a. There's Unless a it was a co op effort to 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 annoy me, then, <laughs> then it totally worked. True. Uh, the menu. <laughs> So when you fire a game up, there's a very short opening, like opening story. But um, you know, the story in this game is very, very simple. Just basically like a meteorite made entirely out of clay crash lands on the ground of a circus, and it causes it, and it causes and it causes like all the and it causes all the causes like all the people like all the people there to mutate. Um, yeah, it's that's almost like a horror do. movie plot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Shinto. As meteorites tend to do. As meteorites tend to do exactly, but. Yeah, um, actually, the dinosaurs aren't gone. That's actually just where we got all our clay. <laughs> it's from the dinosaurs. Um, uh, so, um, so yeah, so, uh, Shinto, uh, you have a little bit more familiarity with this game than I do. I have the list here, but I'm just curious to pick your, um, um, you know, I'm just kind of curious, curious, to, curious, to hit your, curious to hit your memory. Uh, can you name, like, all your playable characters? I didn't play all... Uh, playable characters most of the time. Uh, my favorite was Blue Suede Goo, for reasons oh. I'll probably get into later. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, Greg's favorite, too. Yes. <laughs> uh, the Blob I liked. Uh, my brother's favorite was Bad Mr. Frosty. Yes. Uh, Taffy yeah. was pretty good. Yeah. But uh, never used Bonker. Have a thing against clowns. Uh, very seldom used Helga. And uh, didn't use Tiny very often. So who's left? Uh, that one? Um, uh, I believe that oh, leaves... the the... Uh, pumpkin guy. What's yes, his name? Yep. Ichibod Clay. Yep. Ichibod Clay. Yeah. Yep, yep, I remember Clay, using him so, very often. Uh, yep. Uh, George. So, yeah. So, uh, Shinto already mentioned uh, my favorite uh, character. Uh, George, did you have a character that you tended to use the most? Um. Well, I don't. I don't think I really played him in the original version, but the tournament edition, I was doing pretty well with Tiny. So. Mm. Yeah. So. Uh, so, uh, I'll give a little bit of information, like, on the eight characters, just real quick here, just to kind of have, uh, uh because, like, you know, all we have, the, yeah, because, like, yeah, because all we have these characters, we already mentioned the strong Mortal Kombat influence that this game has, and all these eight characters, I think, kind, kind of, can kind of directly, directly translate to somebody in either Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter, as far as actually how they play their, uh, their play, their moveset and whatnot, um, so, 
Uh, this release, so this release, like, allow the audience to, if they're familiar with those games, to at least make the connection like their own minds. Um, Bad Mr. Frosty is a snowman. Um, he's, uh, like, his attacks pretty much consist of the typical, uh, ice and snow-related stuff that you would expect. So, um, uh, Blob is just a blob of clay, basically. Um, I don't know what else to say about that. <laughs> uh, oh, he does have the ability to form objects to attack his opponents with, which is pretty cool. So I think yes. I, I, I think as far as the um I think as far as the animation style goes this the, this one may be like one of my favorites the animation work on yeah this it's, like it's pretty impressive. inventive yeah it's I like, like a how, battle toads type of deal yes yeah 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 I like how um, when you use a kick button he turns into a giant boot or yes. when you use a punch he turns into a boxing glove and uh, like the the fierce punch brutal punch it's like a whole series of boxing gloves yeah so uh, i think they had fun with that character he's he's and got some pretty cool animations and special attacks at buzzsaw for buzzsaw, uh, buzzsaw like if i remember correctly um, yes it yeah. is yeah uh blue suede goo is the elvis impersonator um so i uh, uh so like he does your uh, so besides his special regular attack he also does like a, a hair attack which is like pretty good um, <laughs> a giant pompadour. <laughs> yep. Um, Bonker is the cl- yeah. Bonker's the clown. Uh, your typical clown attacks: uh, deadly pies, cure cartwheels, spraying flowers, uh, big hammer, etc., uh, etc. Et oh, my favorite. Yeah. So big hammer. Yep. Uh, Helga is the uh, uh, Helga's the opera singer, who is uh, I'm just being I'm just being truthful here. Um, yeah. Um, it's pretty obese in the game, so, um, as, uh, I guess that, I guess that they, uh, as they, as the, as the stereotypical image of a opera singer, like, probably is. I, uh, I don't know, so I don't know if they'd allow a character like this in today's market. Um, probably not, but... Let's be honest, yeah. if, if anybody listened to what people said, there'd be nothing allowed in today's market. True. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, uh, yeah, so... Yeah. Yeah, so her attacks are basically hurling herself at her opponents, uh, stabbing them with the horns, the horns of my helmet. That's a pretty good attack. I honestly uh, think she's the worst character. Uh, she is difficult to use. Uh, I think the Shinto probably... Shinto didn't say this, but I, but if I had to guess Shinto, you probably stayed away from her, partly because she's just like she's very difficult to get to... Uh, 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 difficult to use. Yeah, I try using her just to be different, so I wouldn't be using the same character all the time. Right. But yeah, I, I had I had trouble pulling off the special moves, and I'm um, not sure yeah. they had very good range to them. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, whereas by comparison, I think Ichabod Clay is one of the more easier fighters to pick up, uh, to pick and play with. Um, as it so the name implies, uh, he uh, he has a ghost pumpkin head. Uh, pretty uh, pretty cool attacks. You can teleport short distances, like throw balls. So throw balls back to plasm, um, fight your foes and whatnot. So, um, yeah, pretty good guy. Uh, Taffy is probably is my favorite animation work in this game as far as the fighting characters go. Uh, he just basically looks like a giant walkie piece of Taffy, uh, with like arms and uh, arms, yeah. arms and legs. So, uh, and he, uh, and he also, and because of that Taffiness ability, is that a word? Well, I'm making it up. Um, uh, of his body, he has some of the longest ranging. Uh, attacks in the game. I, I checked it out, and he, I think only, I, no, I no, I think he probably does have the longest range attacks in the game. Period. Uh, so if you if, like want to keep somebody at a distance and standoffish, this is a good character for that. Um, Tiny is the uh, diaper-clad wrestler, like wrestler's game. Um, it certainly looks like a diaper. That's what I'm calling it. 
diaper. Yes. So he's uh, he's the um like uh what like nineteen twenties nineteen thirties like bodybuilder. Um, I think the inspiration for him probably came more from the sumo wrestlers, but uh, sumo wrestlers. Well, Where'd you get that? Well, because it. So because the diaper outfit he wears is kind of similar to the... I, I, I can't remember the name of it. The actual cloth that they use for sumo wrestling. Uh, that the, you know, the fighters are wearing, like, the ring. No, physically he doesn't look like that. I think you're I think really they... off the mark with this one, Greg. <laughs> he's definitely, like, he's definitely, like, some, like, 30s or something bodybuilder. Or 20s or whatever. Uh, Shinto, I know like, you early 1900s him. bodybuilder. Yeah, Shinto, I, yeah. I, I know what you did. I'm with George on this one. Okay. The, the guy's a, a bodybuilder. He wears a Speedo. Uh, it's probably the only piece of clothing he could get on over his bulging muscles. True. Okay. Yeah. I- I'll buy that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the final. Sumo wrestler's got to be bigger, Greg. Yeah. Like, outwards. <laughs> um, and there. And so that's it for the playable characters. There is also, like, a uh, final boss, uh, like, in the game also. Once you get through the regular... the regular roster, uh, the, the regular roster, the play the fighters. Uh, end boss, which is direct, uh, uh, like, name parody, like, about the, uh, um, like, when there's, uh, the three-bedded boss, I think. So, um, hmm. he's in... He's hard to describe. He's a necklace-like creature, uh, with, like, a string of pearls with, like, round eyes. He kind of reminds me... He, so it kind of reminds me a bit of like a mutated Clippy from the old versions of like Word. <laughs> it reminds you of a sumo wrestler. <laughs> uh, uh, so, um, um, yeah, so uh, he's uh, so all the characters at least they, I, I so <clears throat> trying to think about how to say this. Um, there's many things about this game I both liked and disliked. Uh, uh, these fighters are good. These fighters are an example of that. They are varied. En- they are varied enough, I think. There are de- there are definitely there are definitely differences. And Shinto, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on this also after I'm done, because you have a lot more experience playing this game than I uh, uh, playing this game like the two of us do. But uh, my impression of it was that there is there is a lot of difference uh, differences between the characters visibly and how they handle like how they fight. Um, however, the combo the the combo move available to you is limited. You only have maybe, maybe like three or four combos. Uh, for each of the fighters, which puts it more into the Street Fighter-ish territory, and not the Mortal Kombat-ish territory for the combos. So it's easier. To, so it's easier to learn. So it's good in the sense that it's easy, that's easier to learn the combos, but it's kind of bad in the sense that um, the characters, the fighters, get boring after after a while. I think because you because it take too long to get them down pat, and 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 the combination of that plus the fact that plus the fact that plus the fact that there's only eight characters that can play from the game. Uh, I kind of think hurts the game's. The, uh, so I kind of think hurts the game's long-term replay value, at least in single-player mode. Uh, we'll get the two-player mode here in a little bit on, but they, um, so um, anyway, that's my thoughts about the actual characters themselves. This is uh, um Like I said before, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this. Well, um, I mostly played it in versus mode uh, okay. back in the '90s, and uh, only played it for uh, about an hour. Uh, yesterday to, to really get a good feel for the game to reacquaint myself mm. and uh, yeah I had a great time with it I had I enjoyed uh, these characters and uh, Blue Squade Goo of, of course is the best because he's got style it's like it's like a dance fight <laughs> and uh, his his hair attack that can chop someone in half that's a lot of awkwardness <laughs> there he, he says hey watch the hair man which has become part of my permanent lexicon in the subsequent years. Uh, when my kids were small enough to sit on my shoulders, he would mess up my hair, and I would say, hey, watch the hair, man. 
So yeah, everything everything he does is is a blast to watch. Is you know this is not early Elvis. This is uh, late Elvis, mm, and he's yep, got a yep. giant gut that he uses uh, as an attack. So uh, yeah, just watching him is great, and and all of the uh, the, the voice samples. Uh, there's a huge number of voice samples in this game, and I thought oh, they yeah, were really yeah. well done. Yeah. So I imagine after a while, yeah, it would wear thin. Uh, that's true for a lot of fight, fighting games especially at the knockoffs. The top-tier fighting games, your Mortal Kombat's and Street Fighter 2, they probably do have longer legs than this one would, but I think it's a, it's a pretty good entry. Sure. Totally fair enough. Uh, George, what do you think about the roster, like, and the moves? Uh, did you have a hard time picking this game on playing it? Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, picking it up and playing it, you can kind of do that. The problem is... If you don't know the combinations or whatever, and combos, you don't have yeah. any document, yeah, you don't have any documentation for any of that, you don't really know what you're doing. You're kind of missing out on some of that, of course. But obviously, you can still play it otherwise, as as we did. <laughs> um, we didn't know what we were doing, but we played it anyway. Well, um, I did look at a list on Game FAQ of the combo moves. I just didn't have it memorized. <laughs> oh, excuse me, princess. Um. <laughs> Yeah, but the the uh, selection of characters is pretty cool. They're all different in their own way. And, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, uh, there's definitely some creativity there. You know, uh, you have a you have a blob of clay. You have taffy. Yeah. You know, you have the the bodybuilder, not the sumo wrestler. Uh, you know, stuff like that, and <laughs> you know, the opera singer, what so on and so forth. So. Um, it's pretty diverse, you know, no one's really the same. Right. Uh, they all, they basically play differently, feel differently, whatnot, so, um, it's, it's, they're all pretty unique, so there's a nice selection, uh, there, and all their, uh, specials and whatnot, uh, work differently, so. Right. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and the key, um, uh, yeah, and the game makes pretty standard use of Super NES controller, I thought, because you have, like, you know, you have your... You have your like four. The four face buttons are used for your uh, regular, uh, are used for regular attacks. The attacks like yeah. the strong ones are, are, are the shoulder buttons. The game also gives you the option of remapping those, which is very nice. I, I always appreciate games that give you the option of like, remapping the, uh, uh, um, so remapping the button to, to, to so the button pushes. Um, that's a good segue to talk about the actual controls themselves because like the controls, the controls and how the game feels in your hands is so critical. It's probably make or break as far as the fighting game goes. Yeah, um, I would agree, especially especially for a fighting game. Um, yeah, because that's basically the right. content there. So why don't we? So why don't we? So why don't we like be kind and defer to our guest host uh, here to talk about first uh, what he thought about the controls uh, and how they actually like felt in his hands. Well, the controls are very Street Fighter Two like, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. more than Mortal Kombat. The special moves as well. You have things like charge attacks, which, to be honest, I've never really liked in Street Fighter Two. So, uh, didn't much enjoy pulling those off in, in this game either. But uh, there are some parts of the controls that I really liked, uh, jump attacks in particular, because in, in some fighting games, you can only execute the attack at a certain point in your jump. But in this one, you can uh, start it at any point and it'll last through the duration of the jump. So you can do a very late jump punch or a jump kick, or you can follow it through and, and telegraph your move. And um, I thought that was... Uh, it, it was comfortable. It uh, it worked well. It's um, great because you don't have to time it perfectly or whatever. Yes, yeah. which I found irritating in, in some other. Oh yes, <laughs> I agree. Yeah. 
So it's missing some some uh, moves that I would grow accustomed to from other fighting games like throws and sweeps. But um, other than that, I found it I found it fairly responsive. You know, I was playing on an emulator, so I couldn't 100% gauge how it was responding. But um, I thought it I thought it did pretty well. Yeah, well, uh, the whole thing with the throws and Wana, it seems like because I know there's at least one or two characters in that game that can do a throw, but it's like it really depends on who you play. Yeah, it's a special what kind move. of attacks you get. Yeah, depends on what type of att attacks you kind of get. But uh, yeah. Uh, yep, definitely. I can agree with all that. Um, you know, I, uh, because I'm not very good at fighting games, uh, I do, I do like pick up and play with them. And like, you know, like, and this game was, uh, once I, uh, um, once I made some changes, and this is something else I forgot to ask Shinto about earlier, which I'll get to here in just a moment. But once I made some changes, uh, I was able to, you know, do fairly well in the game with like, you know, not renewing, uh, I do said too much about it. Uh, I do, um, uh, like I do really like, uh, uh, I noticed that uh, I noticed that so I noticed that some of the characters have have different jumping arcs and higher jumping abilities than some other characters do. So I don't really yeah. remember seeing too many of the fighting games that do that, which is a pretty like, nice touch. I thought. Yeah, right. yeah, that is nice. Bad yeah. Mr. My Frosty doesn't have much vertical at all. Right. Right. Yeah. The problem I had with this game was like how slow it was, though. It's and... a bit slow. Yeah. I mean, like yeah. you know, Super NES itself. That's something done. Don't that's something the processor. I mean, like you know. Like I said, like I said, there's so much, there's so much action going on uh, on screen. We haven't talked about the graphics yet, but like you know, there's so much going on here in this game that I'm, I'm sure the process is like, the like being taxed. Um, but remember, um, we went, we went on to tournament edition though, and it, it they fixed that problem. It, it felt uh, much better to play. Tournament edition is faster, yes. Um, well, yeah. the, the game has nine speed mode options. If you go into the options menu, you can select one through nine for the That's game true. speed. Yeah. yeah. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Uh, but if you go it back, it defaults to one. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Like I forgot to mention that. Uh, so thank you, Shinto. Uh, uh, but also, but also, but also, I was gonna like observe. If you go back and play regular Street Fighter Two these days, you'll see that game's very, very slow too. Um, it's like you know they really Capcom really sped those games up with like the later games in the, in the franchise. So uh, I should have just called it Slow Fighter Two. <laughs> am I right? Uh, it. it this game's a bad influence on you, George. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so um, there's three different modes of difficulty in this game, easy and medium and hard. Uh, so I know you didn't spend a lot of time playing the AI Shinto, but I found medium to be pretty, pretty tough uh, uh, as far as fighting games went. Um, you know, easy, uh, easy with sort of, uh, like, I had some flags playing this game in. Um, I was playing this game on easy and I was having a lot of trouble. I, really? I got decently far and then it was just like, okay, well, I can't, I can't get past this guy anymore. So, well, I'm done. Um, I know you don't have a lot of experience playing this game uh, against the AI Shinto, but uh, uh, what do you think about the like, difficulty modes? Well, uh, when, you, when, you, when we initially talked about doing this game... Uh, Two years ago, I <laughs> played it. Uh, I uh, put it on the emulator on my RetroPie and tried it out a little bit, and uh, I could not get past Helga. Uh, it, it, <laughs> I, I couldn't get anywhere. So I was thinking, I'm gonna hate this game. I don't know what I was thinking before. But uh, when I went back and tried it, to try I looked up the moves list. I varied my attacks because just trying to use the same attack over and over is probably not going to work in versus mode. 
uh, some fighting game sets a uh, viable option, but uh, here you I have to- I don't know, using the same attack over and over again <laughs> kind of works. It works to an extent. So I was playing, I was uh, starting at the beginning, you know, breeze through the first four or five fighters and it got to Tiny and I tried using the same attacks and he just thwapped me with his, you know, yeah. bodybuilder body. And uh, it didn't get past him. The, the game has- it has unlimited continues, I think, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah I so haven't you can seen keep any trying if you outs. want to, but I, I yeah. gave up after a couple of rounds. You can try if you want to. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, yeah. So, since George just brought it up again, why don't we segue like into that? Um, another important thing that's really critical for fighting games, and which is also a very important make or break thing, is the so-called uh, cheapness of the game and its fighting system. Um, uh-huh. Which, yeah, uh, you tell me more about cheapness, Greg. Well, it's different playing AI versus for, like versus versus like the player. Um so in my and, fighting game experience, if your opponent is using the same moves over and over, you punch him really hard in the arm and then they stop. See, I can't do that because Greg's not even in the same state, or I would have choked him with the wire. But um This game probably yeah. caused some fights with you and your brother then, Shinto. <laughs> yeah. There were those. Um but no. yeah, uh but yeah, this game uh this game, at least against certain characters, definitely definitely allows some shit. Yeah, definitely allows for some cheesiness, if I could say. Like, I'd agree with that. It's um, rough because some characters have shorter range than the other ones. Yeah, so, yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, uh-huh, you know everything about that. <laughs> hey, hey, you know, I'm, hey, I'm not good at, hey, I'm not good at fighting games, I, you know, I... So uh, that's your, so. that's your excuse? Oh, I'm not good, so I'm just gonna keep pressing the same button. It's a perfectly viable topic. <laughs> if the game allows it, it's a perfectly viable <sighs> topic, which is where they're going back to. You know, whether or not the game should allow it's a whole different story. Uh, because like I said before, I think it's a, probably a critical thing about a fighting game is for the, whether or not it allows it or not. Because some people, some people love to do that in games, and some people like absolutely like, can't stand it. Um, and Shinto mentioned there is a there is a there is a good amount of che cheapness in this game that that's allowed. Yeah. Uh, not every character can do it, uh, uh, um, but in certain situations where it doesn't work. But I think uh, more often than not, you can probably get away with it, uh, especially against a um, yeah, especially against a human AI. If you know that person and how they uh, person like how they fight their their fight their style and whatnot. Also. Um, if you also 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 if you perform a particularly devastating attack on uh, on a foe, you can be stunned for several seconds, which allows you to get in some more some more like some more cheap shots. Some more cheap hits. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I thought those dizzy spells lasted a little bit too long in this they game. Do. They're much shorter right. in in Street Fighter than in this yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I don't mind the idea of a dizzy. Uh, if it isn't happening in the first place, but it should only be like a second or so. I mean, like you know, the fact that it lasts like about three uh, three seconds or so in this game is leaves you wide open for like a devastating attack. It's three very That's long way seconds. Too long. Yeah. So. <laughs> right. Um. But then again, you, but again, you go back and play Street Fighter Mortal Kombat at this time period, and they had a certain amount of cheese in this, like in the games too. I mean, was this game even was this game quote unquote worse than those games were as far as that went? I don't know. Um. It, it, it's a good argument. I mean, I mean, certainly could. This is not the this is not the cheesiest game I played as far as like cheapness to cheapness to cheapness goes. I'll leave it at that. Um, I believe Shinto has experienced playing certain Jaguar games that probably would out would outrank this game in that department. So speaking of Double Dragon Five, the Shadow Falls, 
the computer in that game, at least on the Jaguar version, blocks every single attack you could possibly throw at it. Oh, no. And um, in this one, fortunately, that doesn't happen. The computer does block an awful lot, but uh, you are still able to, to land some attacks. So that was something I noticed. And I can go on and on about Double Dragon 5, but... Uh, I didn't know Double Dragon was on the Jaguar. To. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, we will Don't check it out. Don't check it out. <laughs> Don't check it out? Dang it. Uh, Shinto, Shinto, Shinto did talk about the Super NES version of that game a little bit in his podcast, which is one reason I have not... I've not suggested this, they've suggested this game for the rotation yet, George. Is it better than the 2600 uh, Double Dragon? Um, it's an entirely different beast. Yeah. <laughs> you can't really compare them because they're like totally different animals. I um, mean, but, that was kind of the joke. But, uh, <laughs> um, but, but, any, but anyway, yeah. So, um, as long as you know, yeah, so as long as you know, yes, yes, as long as you know what you're getting into, um, this is, this is probably a pretty good, um, Shinto, I know that you have a lot more familiarity with fighting games per se than probably like George and I do. Uh, this is probably a pretty good uh, entry-level fighting game to start to, to start playing with. I think I think because, it, because you have the combination of like, you know, characters characters are easy to learn, combo moves are not that complicated, uh, cheesiness is allowed. Uh, you know, the options the options allow for to 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 be tweaked. Uh, I, I think this is a very good pick up and play game. Like, you're not very good at fighting games per se. Um, whether whether or not the game is any good, or it's going to hold your attention, attention, attention after a while, it's a whole different, it's a whole different story, which we'll get into. But uh, I think, as far as an actual entry level fighting game, this is like pretty good. Yeah, You're I telling agree me with that. that Combat Street isn't a good starter game? Oh God! What <laughs> 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 I said about that's better. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, um. So yeah. Um. Let's get into the two very most oppressive things about this game, certainly. Uh, uh, shall I first look? Uh, the graphics, so the graphics and sound. Um, like I said before, at the beginning, the graphics were very uh, revolutionary, like this, uh, like, like this time period, with the whole, like, you know, the stop animation clay fighters that they actually used to make this, to make this game. Uh, it's very strikingly... It's, like, it's very visually striking. Uh, sorry, I was trying to stay there before I got. It's uh, strikingly visual. It, it is that too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. There um, you go. Uh, so um, again, there's probably the cons of that. The characters themselves look great uh, because of the because of the professional, high quality work that was put into, uh, on uh, like put into making the um, the, the fight the, the fighters and whatnot, and the animations and the animation work is very smooth. Uh, the backgrounds, however, at least let me be desired. I think uh, they're pretty. They're pretty blah for the most part. I thought when I mean, it's like in many stages. I mean, it's like just like there's like a splattering colors around because George and I several times you were playing was like, what is this supposed to be? It's like we have no idea because the, the, the right. background graphics are so plain. You have no idea what the heck am I looking at? You uh, thought the outer space one was a pie. A pie, yes. That's how bad it looks. <laughs> Okay, I don't remember the outer space one. The levels that I've played more recently, they they looked pretty good. The animation was, you know, some fighting games just have one or two background frames of animation. This one is right. it was smoother. There are a lot more frames, but yep. um, I think it's pretty common for for the era. Uh, the, the backgrounds, I thought they, were, I thought the backgrounds were okay. Uh, there was a little bit of like, um, uh, yeah, um, I did notice a small bit of parallax. Uh, uh, sorry, parallax scrolling going on in the background uh, in the stages, though, which is a nice touch. Uh, so yeah, we'll a couple give, layers. Yeah, yeah. So we'll give that at least. Um, 
The game's very colorful, but uh, colorful. It's just that the actual. Uh, it, I was just like you know. I thought that, I thought that besides the the grab, uh, besides the fighters themselves, the the, the graphics themselves were, the Mortal Kombat Street Fighter game certainly had like better, uh, uh, better, better background graphics overall. I thought, uh, or I thought uh, as far as the actual uh, stages themselves went, uh, I, like I thought there was like a good, like a good uh, variety of stages at least. I'll give it that much. Uh, so George, what do you think? They, they were good. Um. They're all different. They have their own kind of like theme, you know. Yep, there's the yep. there's the taffy one. It's like some sort of like taffy factory or something yes, that you're yeah, fighting yeah, in, yeah, and something like that. Yeah, and then there's the uh, like wrestling ring type of deal, and uh, what else is there? You know, there's like a carnival or whatever. There's just a bunch of different set pieces, and they have their own stuff going on in the background, and they're fitting for each character. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I also suspect some of it may have been due to the actual process, the process that was the process that was used to make the game itself. Um, I didn't mention this before, but the actual uh, the actual computer that was used to actually handle the animation and porting the game over to Super NES like was Amiga. Um, and really, yes. Um, oh, well, okay. it makes sense. The Amiga was a very powerful computer of like for its time period. So, especially with like you know things like graphics. Uh, so it makes sense that they actually would have like. Uh, use the Amiga to digitize everything and to be able to to get it ported over. So I'm I'm wondering maybe if some of the limitations may have been because of the fact that the uh, um you know said because they used an Amiga as well uh, to make the graphics. Uh, this is some of the other tools that other companies use to make Super NES games. That may have been a, a reason for it. I'm not sure, but I don't know much about that kind of stuff, so I can't really say. Shinto, I'm trying to remember. Did you have an Amiga? I did not have an Amiga. Okay. All right. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. That's right. I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry. Like you were in the other camp. Like you had an Atari ST. Did you have an Amigo at least? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, the, well, the Atari ST was no graphical slouch either. But I think that we can all agree now the Amigo is definitely like more graphically powerful as far as the the systems went. So it, it was, makes- and a lot of developers used it. It had some uh, very powerful tools. Yeah. Uh, like what was it, Lightwave 3D? Yeah. Uh, it, it did a great job at graphics and animation. So the Amiga was a very popular platform for our game development at the time. Speaking about being a popular, a popular platform for uh, uh, developers, it was a popular platform for musicians, musicians as well, also. And a, uh, and I think almost as striking with this game as the animation is the actual music and voice work in this game. I was like, I try, I fired up for the first time, and I'm like, oh my god, there's actual, there's, there's actual. So there's actually like voices in this and a vocal track. It actually sounds yeah, the good. Yeah, vo- the voice is great. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, you know, just like, you know, like, yeah, yeah, if I'd seen this as a kid back when this uh, was out new, it, it was like mind blowing. Uh, so I certainly so understand the impression that you and your mother had with this game uh, as far as, uh, like as far as I went, um, Shinto, because it's like, wow. I mean, I, I, I mean, other console games, it had, I mean, true, other console games did have voices in them, but. Uh, not to this degree of the amount of voice content and the quality of the voice content that was in here as well. Also, uh, very, very sharp, like very recognizable. I'm sure the Amiga had to, uh, like, was also used to help to play how to make that uh, like reality because it's like, um, it's uh, it's it certainly adds a lot to the game. A lot of it's a lot of it's just eye candy, I think, because after because we get the game itself, the voices are only used for like the actual announcer, announcer stuff and whatnot, but the actual. The opening package uh, uh, package means a lot. The opening package is very, very impressive. Uh, it's certainly like 
uh, um, should like certainly certainly one of the uh, I think probably at least in my experience the system George I'm curious to hear about yours I think it's one of the only games I can think of that actually has like a full digitized song on it as far as actually like vocals like vocals in the works well I have to say this is certainly better than that duck game so <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, well, the only yeah, other like- game I can think of with uh a vocal track for the for the intro song would be Cannon Fodder again on the Amiga. Oh yes, and yeah. I, I believe that, that came out before this one. I'm not certain, but I didn't have an Amiga at the time, so I, you know. It also came out Super anyway. NES. I don't know if the Super NES version had the the voices. It did not have the singing. What it did was it uh, inserted some of the uh, death yells, the the samples for oh, when okay, you kill right. a soldier. Mm. It inserted that within within the song, but left oh, out the lyrics. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah. So, uh, the song is kind of weird. It's obviously, they, they obviously, they obviously created it just for the game. It's like, it's okay. It describes what's going on in the game story, I guess. But, um, kudos for, you know, kudos for being there. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. Um, what do you think about the music in this game? Like overall though, Shinto? You know what? I was, I was playing, I think it was the Taffy level. And th- there was something in the background music that, that really reminded me of a different game, and I finally figured it out. It sounded a whole lot like the uh, Speed Devils music in Pinball Fantasies, the Speed Devils table. It's got oh, okay. the exact same instruments, okay. and, yeah. and the sound is very similar. Um, but I thought that the music is, is pretty good. The th- intro theme, of course, is amazing. Um, the background is catchy, the, the menu screen background. And... Uh, Within the game, the the music is fairly forgettable, but uh, overall fairly pleasant. Yeah, that's that's basic, basically uh, what you can say about the music, though. Uh, yeah, I think you guys did a great job summing it up. Uh, you know, like uh, mm. it, it. I mean, it sounds it sounds very good in Super NES. Uh, you know, you know, compared to some games, they actually they, they actually they actually took advantage about the vocal instruments that the sound chip had to work with. Uh, so it actually sounds very Super NES ish uh, on the system. Um, so, uh, but yeah, the music, the music's fine for what it is. Like it's, you know, it's appropriately, uh, you know, appropriately fitting, like fitting background music to fight to. So, but, uh, um, anyway, so, um, so overall, like I said before, Interplay really pushed this game as trying to be kind of a, uh, more family friendly alternate, uh, as a fighting game. Uh, I have, a, uh, ha- um, I have up here with me part of their, uh, ad that they ran in, Papers and uh, magazines uh, of the time period, like uh, like, like publish, uh, um, uh, uh, like promoting the game. They, like they, like they, like they exactly said, "quote Parents who object to blood and guts games now have an alternative title that gives kids the that gives kids the kind of intense action they want the uh, action action that they want to see in fighting games." Uh, like end quote. Uh, yes and no. <laughs> Uh, it certainly, it certainly is an alternative. You can't rip people's heads off, but... Yeah. You can uh, cut them in half. True, you can. Uh, that's yeah. true, that's Both true. The yeah. Blob and Blue Suede Goo, maybe another character has the ability to cut someone right in half. Yes. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, like, you know, like, I mean, like, you know, like, uh, I mean, like, I give Interplay credit for trying to publish a game that was definitely more family-friendly, because, like, you know, as I said before, this game does... This game is a very, very strong uh, parody, or at least inspired by uh, the Mortal Kombat, uh, Mortal Kombat, like the Mortal Kombat series, and Street Fighter also, like to a degree. Um, 
But you know, the, the one of the reasons the Mortal the, one of the reasons the Mortal Kombat games did so well is because of the blood and guts. The fighting game itself, I'd probably argue that Street Fighter argue at least in the arcade, the Street Fighter 2 was a better game than Mortal Kombat was, as far as the actual game itself goes. But it was the blood and guts that brought everybody into the game. Uh, so I so I don't know if they kind of got the audience the audience of this game that they would you know that they were aiming for. Uh, it's certainly an interesting tag to take as far as the advertising goes. Um, um, well, the violence in video games is a really big deal. This is around the time the ESRB yes. oh, was geez. formed, and uh, who was it? Uh, oh, I don't remember who it was. Who was really campaigning against violence? It was um, oh Lieberman. Yeah, yeah, Joseph Lieberman. That's right. Um, really, really against this. So this was huge in the mindset of everybody at the time. Gaming publications would talk about violence in video games ad nauseum. And so uh, it was a very conscious uh, issue for, for many people who thought the video games were just getting too violent. So I think it was a good approach for Interplay to take, a, a good advertising tack for them to market this as a more family-friendly violent game. Because in some cases, these fighting games are trying to one-up each other in terms of violence to try to capitalize on Mortal Kombat's notoriety. Uh, you know, Kasumi Ninja on the Jaguar is a perfect example of that. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, and now look at Mortal Kombat now. Like, it's ridiculous the stuff that they do in that game. <laughs> uh, right. <sighs> yep, exactly. So, um, but, uh, but, but yeah, the marketing worked. The game sold pretty well. Uh, it, um, it sold a respectable 200,000 copies, like, in the first year of like, being out. Um, uh, so definitely, and most of the views of the game were pretty positive. Um, uh, you know, as a matter of fact, several, as a matter of fact, like several game magazines gave it like awards uh, because of the amazing, um, uh, uh, because of the amazing uh, music and the like, really? the, uh, like in the like in the play fighter style that they used. Uh, EGM gave it uh, uh, a couple of awards. Game Pro gave it some awards. Um, uh, but, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, they uh, they kind of pointed upon another part of this game that we really haven't touched on directly, uh, but directly, but we certainly have alluded to a lot. Um, this game is very, very, very full of itself, tongue-in-cheek. Uh, the humor is the humor is very, very strong and kind of over the top. Some people don't... And it, it, because it's bashing over the head, so it's like they're strong, and some people don't appreciate that. Um, uh, because the game is so, like, filled with, like, puns and, like, references and whatnot. So, I think it depends upon your frame of mind. If you, if, if you want a non-serious fighting game, this is... Uh, which the... Uh, to, to what like, GamePro mentioned directly, as a matter of fact, like in their um, uh, review of the game back then, uh, then, then you know this will def uh, certainly like uh, scratch that itch. Uh, but if you want a more serious game, uh, Alice Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat, this is not like for you. Uh, so um, I'm it's curious- like getting mad at Onion articles or something. Well, the problem, well, the problem with Onion articles is it's like it's they get reproduced and people don't realize it's like where they came from, and then they get second taken as like true news. Uh, but that's uh, no, I, some people, some people come go to the source and still think it's it's not satire. So <laughs> it's not uh, completely true, Craig. But yes, I know what you mean. Um, but yeah, so, but yeah, so, uh, uh um, uh, Shinto, since you actually were the only one of the three of us who actually played this as a kid back then, uh, how did the humor land with you as a like as a kid, like you and your brother? Did you, so, so did you get it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we enjoyed the humor of the game. 
I imagine it would wear thin after a while if you're uh, especially doing single player and just trying to get through the game to, to beat it. Um, you know, you hear the same things over and over again, it would it would uh, start to get kind of irritating. But I, I thought the humor was good, and, uh, you know, playing this game again after so many years, I was actually laughing out loud sometimes. Uh, partially because Blue Soy Goo is so awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... Um, George, like, what do you think about this? Do you think the humor approach was kind of what they had to do to try to make it stand out from the crowd? Probably, because, yeah. I mean, if it was just going to be just more about violence or whatever, it's just going to be overshadowed by, you know, the bigger games. But right. um, ha doing something different is going to kind of make you stand out a bit, especially with the humor here. It's uh, interesting. It's, yeah. uh, you know, um, there are certainly games before that are just like, oh, it's just a fighting game. It's like, nah, whatever. People forget about it. But Clay Fighter is something that, you know, you kind of hear about once in a while still. Yeah, people bring it yeah. up. It's most. It's more about the N64 version, but right. you know, um, uh, people still kind of talk about because it, it it was different back then. And it's still kind of different now. Right. So, yeah. Actually, Another thing that added to the humor that I enjoyed was the on-screen onomatopoeias. You know, the the smack oh, yeah. and ouch and yeah. smirk and whatever. Uh, the whole Batman thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Batman thing, and uh, I haven't seen that in other fighting games. Perhaps I've just missed it, but I thought that was a fun touch. Uh, King of Fighters uses it a little bit, but yeah. But yeah, you're right. I've pretty... never really played KOF, so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but you're right. Like it is very. Yeah, but it's like, you know, very, very rare, uh, like, for a game uh, to have that in it. Um, I, so. I thought Rare didn't develop this game. No, Rare did a much different game. <laughs> just one day, you're just not going to see me on this podcast. Greg is just going <laughs> to uh, silence me somehow. Right. <laughs> he agrees, too. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, boy. No, if like... you don't hear me on the next podcast, I might be in the trunk of his car. <laughs> Ah, uh, no, I can't, I can't. I love George, but, uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, so, uh, as is typical of many games, uh, uh, well, now, as, as in back then, uh, the game had a very tight development schedule. Uh, it was already, like, it was already, like, delayed a few times. Interplay was losing money on it, they were interested to get it out the door. Um, and the game got released with some features that were not, just like features that had been promised, or, or the, the promise, or the, like the programmers wanted in it, that they just didn't have time or memory constraints to be able to get in the game. Uh, also, it came also came to light shortly after the game came out that there were several glitches in the game. Uh, I wouldn't call them bugs per se, uh, because, it, because they don't really crash the game or anything like that. They're simply like, um... There's several there's several annoyances that this game has that should not be that that should not be there if the game was properly optimized as it should have been. Uh, so to fix these like to fix all these issues and because the game was selling so well, about six months later uh, they came out with a slightly souped up uh, version of the game called Tournament Edition, um, which is pretty much the version the programmers wanted to make in the first place. Uh, yeah, I find this to be the better version. Yeah, so I'm curious to hear, Shinto, why you think this version is not as good as the original one, because I was curious why you picked this one as opposed to, like, a tournament edition. Oh, it, it's as shallow as familiarity with the, the previous version. Um, it, when I first booted up the tournament edition, there was this extended intro of the whole thing with the meteor, and I thought that was entirely unnecessary. I just wanted to get to the theme song, you know? And... Um, I didn't experience any of the glitches. Uh, I don't know exactly what they were that were fixed by Tournament Edition. But 
you know, I just it didn't have quite have that connection, so I was going through cleaning out my uh, SNES collection and, and got rid of that game um, because I, I didn't have the nostalgic connection. So I don't, I wouldn't say that Tournament Edition is not better than the original, but uh, for me, I tend to stick with the original purely out of nostalgia. Sure, I understand. That's fair. Fair um, enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Tournament Edition mostly, but like mostly, just did things like you know. Uh, um, uh, uh, besides fixing the glitches, they also added on a number of stage backgrounds. Uh, they also so, added a tournament mode. A tournament curious yeah, enough. Yep. Yeah. Uh, two different. Yeah. Two different ways to play it. Um, actually, actually, I'm sorry. Three. Three ways. Yeah. There's uh, three modes. One player, four player, and eight player. Uh, oh well, there's also elimination, double elimination, and something else, I believe. Uh, yeah, I thought versus, you were talking about that, but yeah, yeah there's yeah. you could play uh oh, with sudden local death. That's people the last as well. One, yeah. yeah, sudden death. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. so it's a. Uh, one four eight, yeah. which is a big skip, but I guess doing a tournament two or yeah, three brackets. players isn't big enough. Yeah, I, I mean, like you know, there's only yeah, yeah, there's only with, yeah. As somebody who plays fantasy football, there's only so many ways you can slice a, a bracket. <laughs> uh, so well, there you go. That problem, uh, but I yeah, guess Greg so, knows all about brackets. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So he's a bracketeer. Uh, bracketeer, yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so the so like so but, like so they added on some new backgrounds. Uh, um, you can also pick the stage that you fight on now, uh, like play for each match, which is a nice touch. Um, there's also like new difficulty settings. But no, options, you were you were able to do that in the, the the first game as well. It's just the difference is that uh, the s- stage selection wasn't as as uh, good. I would uh, yeah. I would argue. Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah, you're right, George. Like you did a better job of cleaning that. Um, so, uh, yeah, it gives you a, it gives you like a whole screen that you can move a cursor and select. Whereas, right. yeah. what was it? The first game was, uh, I think the first game was just uh, the names, right? Yeah, 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 right. You have a little picture, an animated picture of the stage, uh, but it's just a little thing in the middle of the screen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and ter- yeah, in terms of mode, you can also like, rename your fighters too if you want to, which is a nice touch. Yeah, so, you know, Blob is slob and... (laughs) Uh, Tiny was whiny. (laughs) So I'm looking at screenshots for the tournament edition, and one uh, definite improvement over the original is the menus are much better. The original, Mm. the menus are... It's just plain ASCII text with an asterisk and a bracket for the, the cursor. It's so like it's, they ran out of time to do the menu and they exactly. pushed the game. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like they ran out of time. Exactly. So these proper menus look a whole lot better. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, they also added in additional voices, uh, 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 like a couple of the characters also. Um, um, well, uh, like because of the, uh, uh, you know, it's like changing, uh, you know, like changing around some of the, like some of the voices that the voices that I've used. The phrases are all the same, I think, but but the. Uh, um, you know, but they added in, but obviously, but obviously you have new characters, like your characters, like you have like new voices. Um, so, uh, trivia question, uh, since I know Shinto, like you're around the same age, the, the, so same age like mine. Um, uh, did you know that several of the voices in Tournament Edition, I don't know about the original game, I know definitely Tournament Edition, uh, several of the, uh, like several of the voices, voices in this game, like were invited, to, uh, they were invited, um, uh, for the characters in the game, like were, you know, like were the, uh, like, were, like, voiced by, like, uh, Frank Welker. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, so... Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. He... Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at the resume at, like, some point. He did a ton of work. 
Mm -hmm. uh, just like, you know, the, the, um, you know, the amount of stuff, the amount of stuff that both he uh, like and Peter Cullen have done over the years has just been, like, staggering. Uh, just the amount of, like, uh, stuff they've, like, lent their voices to. It's, like, it was, like, mind-blowing. So, it's, like... And it, and it doesn't sound like him in the game, so they obviously had to digitize the voice, like, quite a bit to, uh, uh, you know, to, uh, to make it appropriate for their... To make it sound like the character that he's voicing in the game. Uh, so, we're... Um, so, but, yeah. Um, interesting... Interesting thing I found out just like researching it. So that's weird voice yeah. voice acting for video games of that era. Yes, exactly. That's right. really interesting. Yeah. Uh, um. Again, like, um. Again, one of the first cases of that I think. So, um. Yeah. So George and I, George and I definitely noticed when we were playing the game earlier. This uh, tournament edition is definitely is definitely faster than the original game is. Yeah. Uh, I definitely. Uh, uh, it feels a bit smoother in the hands too. It's a little bit harder to describe. To describe. To describe what I mean by that. The controls. The controls felt fine in the first game. They just feel a little bit more responsive to Tournament Edition, I think. Uh, it may just simply be, uh, I mean, uh, uh, that may be one of the glitches uh, that they were, you know, that they fixed that the game wasn't quite responsive, like uh, to, to, to responsive to responsive in your hands like they wanted it to be. So, um, but but definitely faster. Uh, so that's definitely like a kudos. Uh, yeah, overall, like overall, I think Tournament Edition is the better game. I, but I do understand the. Um, we're doing. Uh, but I totally understand uh, the strong history and nostalgia that you have with the original game Shinto, because I'm like that too. With like like some games, where it's like I know this version of the game is better, but I'm better. Uh, but I'm no, um, you know, but I just had more familiarity with like this version of the game, so, uh, so I'm sticking with it. So, and curiously enough, Tournament Edition only came out on Super NES. The, the Genesis version uh, did not. Uh, uh, um, uh, uh, I did not get that version. Also, curiously enough, uh, foreshadowing uh, the foretelling was to come later. Uh, Interplay wasn't Interplay was not sure how a tournament edition would do at first because it's like we just released the game six months ago. We're not really sure how well this is going to do. So they signed a so like they signed a exclusive deal with with Blockbuster Video to have the game originally available only like in their stores uh, like Zorento, uh, just to see how well the game would do like in the market as in the market as a rental title. And then later on, several months later, when there's like, some feedback came back was positively good, then uh, then the game got a, like a regular like, retail release, which was very curious. Um, and you know, obviously, and obviously, uh, infamously, they did it again with the N64 uh, um, that game several years later. So they're probably like, is this game still relevant? Well, it's almost yeah, probably a good way to yeah. gauge interest level because exactly. doing a cartridge production run is incredibly expensive. It is. Oh so. yes. So, but 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 yeah, but yeah. When it came time for the N sixty four version, they did the exact same trick. Uh, the regular game came out first, retail release, and then they released the tournament edition uh, to Blockbuster as but Blockbuster's retail only uh, game. Uh, but the difference is the difference in that case is because the N sixty four version of the game did not sell review as well as the original Super NES game did. Uh, that version of the game stays retail, so therefore it's uh, and, and for that game is probably one of the most hard to find expensive games in the games like, games like the sixty four. If you're a collector of that system, good luck. Yeah, good luck finding that game, especially that complete, because you're gonna pay a pretty penny for it. I'm glad I'm not a, co a collector for that system. <laughs> uh, did you ever play um, place? So uh, as a Shinto, so did you ever play uh, uh, Clay Fire Two like the sixty four uh, games? I play any N64 games. Uh, yes, I, I played a few, not very many. I did own a N64 uh, for a little while. Uh, well, sorry, I meant like Clay Fighter itself, but you can go on. Oh, and watch for, it. for Clay Fighter, no, <laughs> um, 
No, they, they tried to go to 3D, and a lot of games didn't make the 3D uh, transition very well. No. Yeah, did you did play not. Clay Fighter 2, at least? Clay Fighter 2? No, I've not played oh, okay. that. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm actually surprised to hear that. Since you relationship. I you know since you relationship. Uh, you know, such a big fan of the original game. I was a big fan of the original, but moving on to uh, more Jaguar-related stuff uh, around okay, that, that time. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> it's so. all about the Jaguar, huh? Right. It's all about the Jaguar, baby. <laughs> uh, uh, I have one of those things. I actually have two of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so actually, George, it's not bad having one these days, because homebrew market, that's uh, like picking up like very well, so... Really? Yeah. Oh. I have to look into that. Shinto can tell you all about it, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, please do. Not now, but yeah. Uh, uh, so finally, the last thing I wanted to talk about here was multiplayer of uh, like this game, because as in many games, multiplayer certainly enhances the experience a lot. And you know, George and I, uh, George and I wanted to, wanted George and I definitely wanted to try this game uh, head to head because neither of us, because neither of us, like I said before, are big fighting game fans. Uh, so uh, yeah, and even though, so even though we. Like, it, like, it, like, even though we didn't play the, the game a lot, it's definitely a lot better uh, playing against like somebody else. Uh, yeah. Because, like, uh, because the because obviously the uh, obviously the human player may not be as good as the AI player, uh, fighter, but the uh, but at least the but at least the human player will move in very uh, unpredictable ways, uh, which which makes certain attacks uh, or cheat attacks if you want to call it that, George. Uh, like, mm, I didn't say cheat. Cheap. <laughs> not cheat. Cheap. Well, you could, you could use both words. They fit. Yeah, but one's wrong. <laughs> um, so, uh, um, Shinto, do you have any like um, uh, memories or like you know uh, direct experience um, uh, or like you know uh, direct uh, stories about playing this game like your brother like back then? No, no, nothing comes to mind. We did play it uh, quite a bit, but it's uh, there were no particularly memorable. Uh, bouts. Did you I, guys... I just remember, you know, he usually almost, he almost always stuck with Bad Mr. Frosty. He really liked Bad Mr. Frosty and I tried to mix it up a little bit. Um, you know, the Blob and uh, Blue Suede Goo, Taffy. I like Taffy. Um, so you guys, like you guys all, like you guys, if I remember correctly, also played uh, other, like other, like other fighting games had the head to head against each uh, against each other during that time period. Uh, like also, right? Yeah, we played a whole lot of the original Mortal Kombat on the SNES. How do you think this game, like in like in your mind, uh, looking back at it, how do you think this game uh, holds up for you, like nostalgia uh, as two-player experience versus like versus like versus like some of those other games? It doesn't hold up as well as is uh, Mortal Kombat, in my opinion. Um, I can't t quite say why either. Mortal Kombat seems a, a little tighter to me than, than this one. This one feels looser. I don't know if that's in terms of controls or uh, animation, but I, I think that um, the original Mortal Kombat holds up better for me. Now, Mortal Kombat 2 is a whole other story because yeah. we played the heck out of that game with, with my friends when we should have been studying for chemistry finals and stuff. <laughs> yeah, so how'd that go? <laughs> I, I did not do very well in my chemistry final that mm. semester. <laughs> Sounds about right. Believe it or not. <laughs> uh, very surprising. You didn't study and you did terribly? Whoa. <laughs> yeah, apparently, uh, yeah, the learning what's-his-name's hat throw and uh, stuff, that that wasn't on the test. So, <laughs> oh, uh, weird. Yeah, I, I don't know what they were thinking. 
Yeah, that's that. Uh, what school were you going to? Jeez. <laughs> oh, uh, the, uh, uh, the, there was another major thing I wanted to mention earlier. Sorry about this. Uh, just like you know, um, and uh, you know, uh, when I was when I was trying out um, the combos for the fighters, uh, experimenting the games several days ago, looking at the looking at the list of moves on uh, playing game FAQs, uh, I was surprised to find that some of these... Uh, I was surprised to find that some of these special attacks that the fighters have are totally useless. Uh, they don't do anything. Um, <laughs> which is like, why is it in the game to begin with? Because it's like, I mean, like, um, I think it was Shinto, you already mentioned earlier that the uh, the fake attack, uh, which a, uh, uh, which Happy has, which is fine. That's a whole different category. Uh, fake, out, uh, fake out is important. That's an important part in the game uh, library, I think. But it's like, when you have something like, um, oh, uh, what was his name? Uh, when, when you have something like the special, um, one of the special attacks for, uh, oh, Bonker, which like, his fast forward butt dive, uh, has no way of connecting with an opponent, uh, pretty much. It's like, what's the point of it being in there? Uh, it really, it really, it really comes off. This and other things really makes me think of not only, not only is the game rushed out a little bit before it should have been, and the tournament, is, tournament edition really is the final edition of the uh, version of the game as it should have been. Um, it also, like, it also kind of, uh, what's the word I want to use? Uh, kind of, uh, deflates the value of it a little bit, uh, because not all the moves here are, work as advertised. And there's nothing worse with a game which you like you're, like you're being promised things to do and you find out you can't do half the stuff. Um, so George and I really didn't encounter that too much because we really didn't use any of the combos, but yeah. uh, I don't know if... Like, so, I don't, so I don't know if like, you remember uh, running into any of that stuff like as a kid uh, back then, Shinto, but you know, I would have been very, very frustrated. Well, I remember Helga's attacks weren't very effective. No. Um, so you, you just don't play as, as Helga. Right. And I you know, never played as, as Bonker, so I'm not familiar with the, the move you're talking about. Right. So you tend to favor some characters more than others. Sure. And it could yeah. be because mm-hmm. of their their special moves, like uh, Blob's buzzsaw attack is, is very effective. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so final thoughts. Uh You've already you've already you've already mentioned this uh, um, uh, um, a good bit, Shinto, uh, about your nostalgia of this game and how much you really like it, uh, whatnot. Uh, playing it now again, 2018. Uh, do you think it holds up like uh, like holds up today, or just pretty much just a kind of one of those been there, done that uh, wannabe games uh, play the time period? Well, playing this game again after so many years, I. I had a lot more fun than I thought I would. I didn't expect to get into the game at all, but uh, actually had a good time in single player in, in short bouts. Um, I, I don't know if I'm just less patient these days, but the intro to each fight in this game goes on way too long. You have, here are the contestants for tonight's extravaganza, and you want to skip it, you're desperate to skip it, but you, yeah. you can't skip that intro. So uh, I found that pretty irritating, but the rest of the game, I, I thought uh, it was fairly enjoyable. So in, in short bouts, I think it, it, it's, a, it's a fine game that held up fairly well. You know, the graphics are gorgeous. Uh, uh, the animation is great. The characters are very large on the screen, use a lot of colors. So um, I think in, in that regard, it, it, holds, it holds up well. Okay, cool. Uh, George, so what's your take on this game, I think, overall? I don't really like this game. Are you saying that, be- like saying that because you're dislike of fighting games, or do you have something more specific? To, uh... I don't have a dislike of fighting games. It's just that I, I just it's not my type of game. 
not good at them or whatever. I just don't usually play fighting games, you know? Okay. So, uh, I mean, other than the playing part, like, it's got some good stuff in there, certainly. Um, it's more of a watch game for me than to, uh, more than a, uh, play type of game for me. Sure, that makes sense. Uh, oh. I'm kind of in the fence for both you guys. <laughs> uh... Yeah, being like Mr. like Mr. Wishy-Washy over here. Um, Mr. Bad Frosty? Oh, good one. <laughs> um, as far as fighting games go, like I said before, you know, I also I also am not very good at fighting games. I like fighting games. I uh, fighting games. I'm just, just not very good at them. Um, this game certainly has uh, I mean, this game certainly has, uh, this game certainly has a lot going for good. has has a lot going for it. Uh, the graphics are the graphics and the claymation, as already mentioned, is gorgeous. The the the, the, the voices uh, is super impressive. The the music's the music's decent. Uh, the games the game's fairly easy to pick up and play. Uh, figure out how it works. Um, just like you know, I uh, even if I played this back then, if, uh, like if I'd been exposed to Mortal Kombat Street Fighter first, Street Fighter two first, I would have been like, this game is funny, but it doesn't have the same. Uh, complexity or depth or the like or the tight controls that those games have um, and I really don't think I would have spent much time on it uh, which is a shame because like I said before this game certainly 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 did some interesting things and it was popular enough to spawn the franchise like I mentioned earlier so I mean you mentioned earlier this game does have some uh, this game does have a fan base to this day um, but uh yeah, I think that Tournament Edition pretty much is the game this the, that it should have been because they fixed all the, the so basically so basically so because they fixed all the glitches, they sped the game up a little bit, they added some extra characters, characters or characters or options or whatnot. Um, I think this game is kind of like a subject lesson which the industry store has not learned, uh, which is like games should not be rushed and they really should be given the development time that they need. Uh, because the game itself, this game is certainly playable as is out of the box, but Tournament Edition just blows it away as far as the actual. Uh, the actual, the actual playing quality, uh, quality of, of the game, the overall, and the playing overall fun factor. Having said that, having said that, you totally understand the nostalgia, the, the nostalgia, and the history that you have that you have like the original game, uh, Shinto. I, um, I'm sure if I was in like your shoes, that might be in the same way. Um, it's a decent fighting game still to this day. I think uh, it's really. Um, it's certainly worth checking out if you're a fan of fighting games, especially at the very least, like George said, watch. Uh, don't look at this game online because this game store is gorgeous to look at, even like nowadays. Uh, the clay, um, so the claymation work they did on is just like super, super impressive. So, and I'm really curious, curious to want to check out, um, uh, you check out, you check out claymation now too because it's like if they use the same style for that, that should be like very, very interesting. Yeah, the style didn't look quite the same. Uh, from the the video I watched, it was kind of hard to tell that they were uh, clay in style. Mm. But um, you know, I, I didn't watch for very long. Didn't uh, you know? Maximize the window, so yeah. just watched another little window. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, but so yeah. Um, I think maybe also kids might appreciate the humor in this game like a lot more than adults would. Um, if you ever decide to try this game with your kids, Shinto, I'd be curious to hear like what they thought of it. Yeah, might try that. Um. So. Anyway. Uh. Do either one of you have any uh, final thoughts like, as far as the game goes? It's a uh, game! <laughs> uh, George's typical sign-off. <laughs> uh, Alrighty then. Um, 
So uh, once again, we want to expend it. Just like once again, like we want to expend it. Like it's a very special thank you to Shinto. Uh, you know, the, you know the, the, you know, like I said before, things lined up, uh, lined up, uh, lined up correctly to allow him to be able to finally come on the podcast. And they, uh, hopefully, hopefully Shinto, uh, you'll be able to come back on the podcast at some point before the next three years to talk about that. Set up another game with us. Yeah, if you guys want to talk about yeah, Alien Three or um, I, you guys did Disney games already, didn't you? Uh yes and no. Uh, we did a special episode with my uh, second co second host, like Alexandro, um, where we like, like, like we looked at some Disney games. We didn't we didn't look at all of them, and we only and we only because we're taking a shotgun approach to the games. We didn't give the kind. Of, uh, the, the kind of deep dive that they the deep dive that this they uh, that we usually give each game in this podcast. So yeah, did, yeah, Disney this game is still a fair game, I think. Okay, because Lion King is a pretty good game. I played oh, yeah, that Lion with king. my daughter a fair bit. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like, speaking about gorgeous games, Lion King is like very very gorgeous. Uh, it's it is. Yeah. So, um, so uh, yeah. So thank you again, Shinto. Um, what other? So like, so I already mentioned one of your one of your uh, major projects uh, that you're working on currently right now at the top of the. To the top of the show, uh, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Any other like projects, projects, or things that you want to like plug? Well, uh, my main podcast is the Jaguar Game by Game podcast. You can find all my show links at jaguar.gamebygamepodcast.com. Uh, currently working on an episode for the puzzle game Flip Out, which I hope to record within the next few days if all goes well. You can also find me on the TurboTastic podcast. I have a regular segments there. TurboTastic covers the TurboGrafx-16 in a game-by-game format. Bryce does a great job putting the show together, all the research and testing and production. It's really well done. All I do is chime in at the end with my thoughts about the game. So if you have any interest in the TurboGrafx-16, it's not a system that I've owned, but I've always had a, a fascination for it, and I think it has a kind of a neat lineup of games. Many of the games are pretty obscure, which, in my opinion, makes it more interesting. So, check that out. Um, I'm, I have to I also... listen to that. I, uh, I have a TurboGrafx myself. Oh, yeah, it's a very good you? podcast. Yeah, I don't know the uh, official link offhand, but you can find it at tg16.gamebygamepodcast.com. All right, cool. Um, I also try to make a regular appearance on the Atari Lynx Handicast. This is another game-by-game-style show hosted by Mark Little. It's another fantastic podcast. Mark puts his own spin on the game-by-game format, which is great. And I do love me some Atari Lynx. It's a vastly underrated platform, in my opinion. I just... I just wish Atari made a portable version. <laughs> Insert rim shot here. <laughs> oh no, do I have to actually do that? No, you don't, you don't have to do that. <laughs> J- just let it hang out there and get yeah. stale. That's fine. Uh, yeah, like, you know, um, yeah, uh, like, and also the fact that, you know, I'm sure I speak for him also, uh, Shinto, like I said, like, you know, I really miss your regular submissions to Ferg's podcast, too. Uh, they tried to really well, Ferg has been covering games that I don't really have any experience with. Yeah. And if I have good stories, I'll send them in. I think we he's got robot tank at coming up. <laughs> every every submission for a game you don't know, just shout into the microphone. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Shinto, Shinto also hosts a very amazing um, uh, website, uh, which is a which is a great like uh, uh, like uh, hub site for like the game by game podcasts. Uh, do you want to mention like where that can be found, Shinto? Yeah, that can be found at gamebygamepodcast.com. When I was thinking of a URL for my, uh, my for my own show, I thought jaguar.gamebygamepodcast.com had a nice ring to it. 
And so I bought GameByGamePodcast.com and I turned it into a hub for all uh, video game shows following this format. So you can find Arcade there. Uh, you know, this very show is on SNES.GameByGamePodcast.com. There are a lot of shortcuts. Uh, got Arcade Games, uh, well, Nintendo Systems, Sega. I don't discriminate. Anything is good. If you are looking to start your own podcast but are looking for a topic... You can go to no.gamebygamepodcast.com. That's a link showing all the systems the for which <laughs> I have no uh, I have no podcast listed. So yeah, yeah check that out. Uh, send me an email. The links are right there on the page. If either you've started a show that I don't know about or um, if I'm missing anything, yeah, just just let me know. Yeah. It's a totally free site, no ads, uh, nothing like that. Speaking of that website, you know what else is listed on there? This is the part where you guess. Oh, <laughs> uh, another like another podcast about a very obscure system, George. An obscure system. Well, here oh, in the states, at least. What could that be? <laughs> oh wait, you're talking about the Master System. <laughs> oh yeah, Master System Masterpieces is listed there. Also, yeah. PlayStation Power. You can find that on. It is. Yes. That might be the dirtiest podcast on there. Um, there's one other adult podcast on there, I think. I just don't remember what Which it is. one is the... Uh, uh, is it the Dreamcast po- podcast? It might be. I don't, I don't think th- they're really that dirty. Hmm. I have to remember. They have tolerance, but, like, they they don't really go for that. Yeah, I, su- yeah, yeah, I suppose, but anyway. Um, yeah. No, the Channel F files probably is. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. In all seriousness, I, in, like in all seriousness, I'm still waiting for a game.com podcast. <laughs> that, that's on the list. No dot game by game podcast.com. I do have a gamecom. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so, yeah. Master System Masterpieces, PlayStation Power, two amazing podcasts you need to listen to. Like along with this one. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Yep. They're on that. Yep. Thinking I'll be found on playing that website. Shindo does a great job about keeping that a website like very neat. Uh, like you can clean and up to date. Uh, uh, so like, you know, kudos to you for doing that for your hard work on it, Shinto. That is, yeah, uh, yeah, that, yeah, that and Throwback Network, uh, a homepage are the two places I always go to first thing that to grab, uh, um, that podcast at. Uh, it is a one place shop, uh, just to go for, uh, player podcasting needs. Yeah, sometimes it can be hard to find things like RSS links for shows. Because they publish like iTunes, but I don't use iTunes. I've got uh, AntennaPod, which is a an open source Android podcast client. Yep. And a lot of times you you insert in RSS feeds directly if they don't have them on the index. Right. So that's one main reason why I just I use my own site when I need to add a new show because you know all the links are right there. RSS, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, it's all there. Yep. yep. Exactly. So, all right. Uh, all right. So keep up all the amazing work. So doing like your like your um your podcast and your project Shinto um and you know thank you again for taking some time out of your busy life to be here with us uh thank you very much appreciate it no thank you it's been fun yeah don't forget the water to the dogs <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh so yeah uh, George already mentioned uh, the other podcast we do together the PlayStation Selfish Power Pod podcast uh which is not family friendly so just just be worried about that and the and the Sega Master System podcast that George also does. Um, uh, and uh, we can also be found on the uh, besides the throwback network. This podcast can also be found on the uh, like on the Retro Junkies podcast, 
Um, we can find a whole bunch of other like great uh, retro themed podcasts, both gaming and non gaming related. Uh, we're also on Facebook. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, uh, suggestions for games, uh, by all means, please be sure to check it out. Check us out on there, or you can also email me directly if you want to at the SNES podcast at yahoo.com. Uh, George, where can they reach you at? Like they're so inclined. Oh boy. So uh, if you're interested, uh, the two podcasts I listed, you know, they have Facebook uh, groups. You can contact through there, or uh, you can find me on Twitter uh, through at Mr. Chief, that is at M I S T U R C H E E F. And yeah, that's basically it. Okay. Uh, yep. So uh, next time, so next time on this podcast, we will be covering the game that we were going to cover originally in like, this episode. It's like we recorded an audible on it. Uh, so which game are we covering, George? Uh, not Pisces, but Pieces. Pieces, Pieces, yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> A very unique game that literally is what it what it, what it sounds like. It's a puzzle game. Uh, we make the actual old style it's a like jigsaw puzzle jigsaw, game. Jigsaw puzzles, yeah. Yeah. Um, can't believe Atlas published this game. Talk about like companies, 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 companies publishing like weird games. Interplay published well, this, I, and now Atlas, Atlas published, published that. it because they have more of a, a standing in the U.S. True. So yep, yeah, yeah, exactly. No, that's why. That, yep, yep. So that makes sense. Totally. That's um, why. Um, what was it, THQ or Ubisoft or whatever, have yeah. uh, published certain uh, games that didn't make sense, but they published them in Europe because they have more of a standing. So Exactly, yeah. For uh, PlayStation, PlayStation 2, whatnot. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, and actually, like, you know, going back to something I said earlier, uh, Shinto, uh, um, you know, that game, I, I, that game we're covering next uh, pieces is actually, like, a very good, like, you know, kid game, too, also, because, like, you know... It, it, oh, it, certainly, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun to play. Uh, George and I also played that game together uh, yesterday, like online, and it's uh, and uh, and uh, it's uh, just about right for like anybody's difficulty level, I think. So it's, it's a, a good competitive game. It's a good cooperative yeah. game. So yeah. it has a little bit of everything. Yep, exactly. So, alrighty then, folks. Uh, appreciate it as always. Uh, like you know, feel I mean, you know, please feel free to contact us if you have any other questions, comments, or whatever. And we always appreciate your I appreciate your support. I just like we're going here with our second bracket of. Uh, uh, the, the bracket of Centennial Podcasts um, and hopefully store around like when we hit 200 because we're going to be doing this for a while <laughs> oh boy uh, thank you again as always for your, for your support and take care everybody goodbye Nintendo controls 80% of the video market but no matter how you play the game or which game you play things definitely have come a long way since Pac-Man now you're playing with power. Deep of power.